There we go. All right, when. It's that time of year again. Time to reflect on the age-old, seemingly pagan mythology surrounding the birth of the Antichrist. Historically, Christians have been overly conscious of this supposedly blatant hypocrisy. We Calvinists have even contributed to this Christmas phobia over the years. No more. Today I'd like to clear the deck and ease all your minds by bringing to you the Word of God. I'd like to examine these passages through the lens of a stereotypical three-point sermon. I'll structure it according to the following three principles that we all learned as children. After all, what is Christmas without worshipping children? Reduce, reuse, reform. One of the most common objections to Christmas that we hear nowadays is that gross materialism and excess have supposedly overshadowed the holiday as the years have passed. I'd like to address this point with some historical facts and some scriptural sleight of hand. First of all, it's blatantly untrue that gross materialism and excess have taken over Christmas. Materialism, overeating, and excessive drinking have always been central to the Christmas holiday. There was no takeover. It's our reverent way of showing the world how much stuff God has given us. Considering the following scriptures here, alright? Just, just, let's just take a look at what the Bible has to say. The thief comes not to kill and destroy, I came so that they might have life and have it abundantly. You see that? That's what Christmas is about. We're celebrating his birth by enjoying the abundant life he earned for us. Is that so wrong? Or how about Psalm 23, 5? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Do you really think our God, our Father in heaven, would appreciate us letting his hard-earned providence go to waste? He gave up his life so our cup would overflow. We ought to drink up if we're going to reduce the waste, instead of letting it hit the floor. Christmas is the perfect opportunity to take advantage of that excess that he mercifully provides for us. And nothing says Christmas like Luke 6, verse 37 to 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's what I'm talking about, folks. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we should trade in our Calvinist roots of bad coffee and dry sandwiches for gluttony and drunkenness. But I also don't appreciate judgmental folks coming along and speaking directly against the Word of God. Jesus is outright commanding us to give and receive and to partake of the reward, and that's what Christmas is all about. We don't need to reduce the enjoyment that comes from soaking in the blessings of God. We need to reduce the negativity towards the very providence that he mercifully provides for us. The other common objection that people bring against Christmas is the age-old pagan holiday stuff. They'll say, oh no, we don't celebrate pagan holidays. Don't you know it's, it used to be pagan alias or Saturn alias, a pagan holiday? Some of my colleagues, they, uh, they really fall for it. And so they get trapped trying to prove that Christmas 
Well, it isn't actually of pagan origin. But uh, this kind of defensiveness is inaccurate, and frankly, it's a waste of time. That time could be spent celebrating the season, as a matter of fact. You know, they say, oh, Nimrod, he's the Antichrist, he was reborn, they give you all that nonsense. But look, we don't have to defend ourselves against this, okay? It's no coincidence that Christmas is exactly a nine-month gestation period after the impregnation of Ishtar, the Mother Earth, on Christmas or on Easter morning. And I know that many of you are thinking, what? Uh, it really is a pagan festival? But stop right there. Stop right there. It was a pagan festival. Okay? Not is. Nothing defeats the enemy more effectively than reusing their evil traditions for holy purposes. Just think about how Baal feels right now with his holiday being stolen from him. I bet you he's livid. Christmas is a victory over the enemy. The last point is the most important, if not only because of its name, the Reformation, Reform. The resilience of Calvinism has historically depended on our ability to reform our image again and again to whatever is expedient. We successfully reformed Catholicism into Protestantism, so there's no saying we can't join in reforming pagan alias into Christmas, just like the Roman Catholic Church did all those years ago in honor of the Sun God. These pagan holiday people also bring up these outdated Old Testament passages about not keeping up pagan traditions. It's, it's pretty laughable. Hear this. Deuteronomy 12, verse 30. And after they've been destroyed before you, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We'll do the same. Obviously, we're not doing the same thing because we're doing it in the name of God. Uh, Deuteronomy 18.9 When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. But we're not imitating them because there is a distinct difference, right? We're doing it in the name of God. Uh, they also bring up these passages, it's cute, uh, they, they think they're about not having Christmas trees. Uh, Thus says the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heavens, for the heathens are dismayed at them. Their custom is a vain one, for they cut a tree out of a forest the, with an axe, and they put silver and gold on it, and they fasten it with nails and hammers so it doesn't fall over. Does that sound anything like putting up a Christmas tree to you? It says in Ezekiel 18, or sorry, 8, verse 17, uh, Must they also fill the land with violence and continually make me angry? Look at them, putting the branch to their noses. But look, we know from the New Testament, which obviously trumps the Old Testament, that Paul says to the clean, all things are clean. So don't let them bother you with their old-fashioned theology and fear-mongering. Do you really think God hates his own trees and how they smell? The heart of the Reformation has always remained true. We're very thrifty. Historically, we haven't wasted anything. We've never wasted cold coffee or the opportunity to intellectually emasculate and kill our theological opponents. But I think we have room to improve. I say we keep the Reformation alive and current and recognize that we ought not to waste the pagan traditions 
that have taken thousands of years of hard work to establish, just because we're too stiff to reform them and use them for our own purpose. It's time we put the X back into Xmas. Or at the very least, we could put the X back into excess. May you all enjoy your well-earned plenty without being troubled by old-fashioned Bible passages. May his face shine upon you, preferably over the hangover's past. It can be bright. And don't let a drop spill from that overflowing cup. Merry access to all, and to all, a good night.